You're listening to the Fox in the Phoenix podcast, understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. I'm Savannah Hawk, dual gender male to female crossdresser, LGBTQ plus advocate, TEDx speaker, and author of the Living with Crossdressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of BoxandHanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for cross-dressers and transgender women. This is Savannah Hawk, your co-host for this episode of the Fox in the Phoenix podcast. With us today in studio, she is a mother of three, grandmother of three. She owns two businesses and also the partner of a cross-dressing man. Please welcome to the studio, Judy. Hey, Jude. Hey! Just want to get right back into it. We are picking up from last time. A lot to go through. Even the letter you're reading is several pages long in the book. So everybody can go pick up Living with Crossdressing, Defining a New Normal, if they want to read along. It is, I think, a good resource for people. And that's the reason why I wrote this book. Because as Judy has said and will say, the books I provided her to read really didn't speak to the person they're in a partnership with. As a result, this book was written as an attempt to bridge that gap. I wish that Judy would have had this book to read first. Oh, God. What a difference it would have made. Damn it. (laughs) Well, that just goes to show you that sometimes, no matter how many books have been written, there's still more stories that can be told. Now, with that being said, I want to hear more about what you have to say. So let's get right back into your letter. All righty. Which leads me to the next sentence. Uh Uh-oh. Does this mean I am great with all things crossdresser? Nope. I am still a work in progress. Still. This book was written six years ago, and that hasn't changed. No, it hasn't. It's gotten a lot better. Definitely gotten a lot better. But I don't know if it'll ever be completely normal to me. What? Sorry. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) The layers of this particular onion are many. I am still peeling them and will continue to do so for a long time. See, it was foreshadowing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some days I have frustration. Other days I'm okay. I still worry about Savannah being discovered unexpectedly. Well, I don't think that's the case much anymore. No, not so much anymore. You come home and you see a neighbor and you're like, oh, hi. And they're like, who's that? Oh, it's me. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Now you will go with Savannah and walk the dogs at night where you never used to do that before. And I don't uh, bat an eyelash. It doesn't, no. doesn't face me. I think the one time you let me do it when we were in New York, it was like a snowstorm. <laughs> and you knew I was basically the hood parka was going to be up completely that nobody would even know it was me. Mm-hmm. But I had come home late for one of these private events. I do the dog walking at night mm-hmm. and you're like, and I wasn't going to spend another 30 minutes getting undone and then getting yeah. dressed again to go do this. I was like, F it. I'm just going to go out the way I am. And that was okay. Cause it was dead at night, mm-hmm. snowing, parka, cold yeah. but down here. There really is no such thing as that. Yeah. So just the other day I came home and it was my time to walk the dogs. And I was just yeah. like, man, mm-hmm. I'll just walk as is. And mm-hmm. like, we're pretty, in New York, people don't really pay attention to who's going up and down their blocks. Mm-hmm. But here we're in a community that people kind of know each other. Mm-hmm. So they'll know the dogs if they don't yes. know me. Yes. And so yeah, you have come a long way mm-hmm. in terms of being okay with like eh, people find out even in the South, mm-hmm. even with people who used to have 
Trump banners on their driveway and on their bumper stickers. But just trying to be more authentic and I don't really give a shit. Not trying to hinder my life by making other people yes. happy and worrying about what they think. Because at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what they think. I am not a fan if he tries to wear a nightie to bed or around the house. I am not a fan of his shaving body hair. Although we're working on that. We're working on that. We're working on compromises. Yes. We work together to find compromise and a place where we can both get what we want. It's not fair for me to tell him how to be in his own home, what to wear, just as it's not fair for him to expect me to be okay with stubble and seeing something that makes me uncomfortable. Yes. And what we've done with that, so instead of me shaving prior to events and then letting it regrow, you get the stubble from the shaving. I've gone to waxing. I may actually go to laser hair removal to also keep that smoothness and not worry about stubbles. I'm not prickling her every time I touch her and she touches me. Like she said, Judy said that she's not looking to tell me how I need to be, but also I need to be mindful that my choices do affect yeah. affect you. Yeah, so I'm very tactile, and, and and you know me. Any anytime we go shopping, I feel the clothes before I'll even attempt to look at them. They don't feel soft. I'm not interested. That's so true. Feeling stubble. It's a, it's, a, it's a deal breaker. It's a tough nut for me to swallow. It's funny she can handle a crossdresser in her life, but not stubble. So <laughs> go figure. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. It's still a mystery to me why I can see Savannah in all her splendor fully made up and be okay with that, but take the man under her and just throw a nightgown on him and it's awkward and uncomfortable. I've tried to explain it to him and myself without much luck. It's another layer of the onion. Yeah. And I know we've come a long way on that too, because now you can't imagine me wearing men's underwear. Mm-hmm. So like to not see me in panties is would be weird. Oh my god, seeing you in a pair of tidy whites, <laughs> I think I would laugh. <laughs> oh my god, those are so loose and droopy on you. Why is it not tight and form fitting? I don't. I think I only have two pairs left, and they're not tidy whities, but no. they're briefs. Panties, yeah. And I would wear them if I think I'm going to go to the doctor and have to strip down. Yeah. But even now, I'm like, yeah, I don't give a shit. So I go to my massage appointments. I go to waxing appointments. I go to the doctor appointments. Just typically nobody's looking at you that way anyway, except for the waxing because I do my legs. But she knows about Savannah. Kay does. And so she doesn't think anything about it. We've had conversations about it and how it goes with how racism works as well. There's a parallel between how I'm treated in the world versus how women of color are treated in the world so we've had that bond and we've helped each other on projects and things so yeah it's like i don't be like oh no oh shit i'm wearing these outfits i need to go back home to change because i forgot i don't worry about it anymore so if somebody wants to make some big deal which i can't imagine my doctor would be like Oh, why are you wearing out? You know, it's like it just Yeah, but you don't even they don't even see that. You know, no. they go away and change and you wear your little paper nightgown and look yeah. right with the work. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, most times it wouldn't it would be a non-event. Yeah. So I think a lot of that of me worrying about a glimpse, like, oh no, they might see the, the band of it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's not a big deal. At this point, I am comfortable that the answers will present themselves when my overloaded brain is ready to receive them. Oh shit, you knew even back then that you had an overloaded brain. Oh man, foreshadowing. 
I can be patient. He has shown, not told, so much to this point. Actions definitely speak much louder than words. I have heard from another woman that found out about the cross-dressing and went immediately into acceptance. Now, a year or two down the road, those other more difficult emotions are cropping up. I think if I were to offer any advice, it would be to just be. Experience the emotions. Follow the path as it lies ahead. If you want to read, read. Read till your eyes cross. If you need to talk, talk. Talk yourself hoarse. Cry, get mad, isolate. Just be, let it happen. I find I come out the other side of these emotions with a slightly shifted perspective because I allow these thoughts free reign in my head. If you have fears, by all means, bring them up. Allow your cross-dresser the opportunity to say their piece on the subject as many times as you need to hear it until you believe or not. Paradigm shifts occur when we least expect it. It creates shifts in your perspective, your thoughts and ideas. The key is to have an open mind. Don't judge before the jury is out. Love, Jen, a.k.a. you. Wow. I feel like, oh, listen, wow. <laughs> Ironically, you, you haven't read that in years. No, I have not read it since. Since it came out. So is ironic because we're in couples therapy and we're in your own therapy mm -hmm. for yourself and betterment. And a lot of the things that you're saying in this really a foreshadow how you're processing now. Mm -hmm. So I think that is like, whoa, it's like, what did my brain know that I didn't know? Even like when I wrote the thing to my dad after he passed away, and as I'm writing it, I'm writing this whole, like, how do we like drift apart again and realizing it was all because Savannah was more a part of me and I couldn't talk about her with him. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't until I wrote it down that it even dawned on me that was the case. Yeah. So you rewriting that so many years ago, I was like, it, it did know. You knew. Your brain, your subconscious knew as you wrote it down. Mm -hmm. But you're right now, I think, for me as well as for you. So maybe it didn't resonate for your own self. So, so you were talking about doing the book and started writing it. And we started interviewing couples. And I was like, I think that I need to put something in the book. I think people need to hear from me because mm -hmm. it's that those are couples. Yes, but you are the one writing this book. So I just it got inspired one day and sat down and just started typing. And that's what came out. Yeah, and you printed it out and gave it to me, and I bawled my eyes out after reading it. It was just train of consciousness. Of yeah. it. I didn't give it any pre-thought or any thought as I was doing it. I just wrote, yeah. sort of like you do. That's very true. And I will say that even today, all these years later, we're still hearing from people, significant ones, partners of cross-dressing men who are looking for connection, trying to find others like them to share their stories. Mm -hmm. What you did is very much akin to being that lighthouse and that light in the lighthouse to say hey here's my story hopefully you can read it and take something away from it yeah and yes paradigm shifts in this society and the norms of society we're still in need of paradigm shifts whether it's about people of color or whether it's about black lives matter whether we should pull down all notions of confederate prestige in the south whether it be the names of army bases or statues or confederate flags yeah, the books that are being banned the books that are being banned in a critical race theory there's so many things that we are that are coming to a head because there is a distinct paradigm shift poised 
to happen, I think. And I think as people start understanding the world around them a little bit more broadly than they did, because the worldview is changing and broadening and getting wider and the blinders are coming off. I think that we're going to find ourselves in 10 years seeing ourselves and the world in a whole completely different way. We see a lot of that now on TV. I've been mentioning it to you, a lot of transitioned women on shows and people coming onto these, all these cooking shows and stuff that we like to binge. Yes. <laughs> and and they're all sharing their stories just right up front and wearing dresses and men. And, and it's just, it's becoming normalized. Yeah. And I remember when my, we told my son-in-law, the first thing he did was, you have a picture of her? I said, yeah. And he took it and showed it to his, I think she was six at the time, right. six-year-old daughter and said, you know who that is? And, you know, she said, no. And he said, that's Chuck. She goes like, what? He says, no, I want her to know right off the bat, growing up, there are all kinds of different people in the world and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she really got it. No, I don't I, think I so. Think... There was no discussion. <laughs> yeah. It was a spontaneous thing, but I think he was laying the foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that this is okay, that, you know, don't put stereotypes around thinking that men have to dress a certain way. Their son now, he's got the flow. Like, Oof, he's got he's... long, curly am... blonde hair. I am envious of that um, hair good lord and i asked my daughter i said when are you gonna ever you gonna draw the line she said nope you can, you can wear it as long as he wants yeah they're just gonna break yeah. up in that way and at one point he's gonna be like either i love it continue to love it or be like i'm tired of this hair and get it cut and start over again or yeah. Or not, who knows? And I just love that. I love that parenting style where mm -hmm. there are some inconsequential things that I know my father was did not want me having long hair at all at any point of my adolescence, teenage years. Long haired hippie freaks. Early, yeah, absolutely right. He felt that if I let my hair grow, then it would be indicative to the type of person I am. Mm -hmm. Like that I would be like some sort of degenerate or delinquent because I let my hair grow. Mm -hmm. That's what hippies do, or that's what those type of people do. Yeah. But then when it became like more common that people wore their hair that way, mm -hmm. then he changed his tune to the opposite way. It was like, oh, you just want to do it because that's what everybody else is doing. <laughs> so he just didn't want me having hair. You want me with a buzz cut mm -hmm. lifelong kind of thing. So it's like, really, it's like, it was important to me to express myself in a certain way, but yet that for him meant so much more. It was indicative of whether I was going to be a good person or be in jail kind of thing. It was that bad. Yeah. Where, so I love the idea. It was like, this is so inconsequential. If he wants to wear his hair that way, who's it hurting? Nobody. Mm -hmm. It's that change in parenting. But that's not for everybody. Not everybody's doing that. Not everybody's thinking that way. That's super, super important, especially for people like me who those identifiers are so important to who I am or who a child is like that to have it taken away from you just keeps stymieing you and keeps you down and keeps you oppressed and you can't be the person you want to be because yeah. you're being told you have to be something else. Yeah. When he was little, they, he liked playing with his sister's Barbie. So his mom said, buy him some Barbies for Christmas or some Ken dolls or something because yeah. he likes playing with dolls. And then they went and got him a little play washer dryer because yeah. that's what he wanted. <laughs> Right. And he had his heart set on that. So who are they going to deny him? You know, we're in the back in the day, a man would be, no, you need a gun to play with. Mm -hmm. And buy you a toy gun and army figures and stuff. They, they're like, or I'll get you that Home Depot workbench yeah, instead because yeah. you got to do manly. You want a washer dryer? You're getting a washer dryer. <laughs> and I'm sure that washer dryer is sitting not being used at all. Oh, no, but they're way too old for him. Yeah. yeah. But, but like, it was a thing. He wanted it. Yeah. And now he's moved on to. 
other evolutionary things in his world. To wear his sister's high heels, the little little Cinderella dress up high heels, and they didn't care. Yeah, (laughs) it's like the less you less emphasis you put on its importance, Mm -hmm. the more they can just discover who they want to be in life. And I wish I had that growing Mm -hmm. up. Maybe I would have been more open. Because I was never open. I never like, ah, I want to wear my sister's dress. One thing, they didn't really have that in the 70s as much. It wasn't like there was play outfits and Disney dresses. or yeah. So there wasn't that. And my sister was never really that way either. So I really didn't see it. Therefore, I didn't really think to emulate it. Mm-hmm. But I wish I did have that with parents who would be accepting and promoting and understanding and okay versus like, how dare you put that dress on and just put me into a spiral of denial. So yeah. I'm happy. I wish I had the one, but I'm happy I didn't have the other. So I could just, unfortunately, just find myself at the pace I needed to on my own, which is sad. It's sad to have to do it in a vacuum, but I was able to do it versus It's people. very heartwarming now to see that it's happened. Yeah. That yeah. People are doing that and people are being more open and fluid and just being themselves. Absolutely. Totally agree. But with that, thank you so much for coming on hopefully we can make this ongoing little series that we can have you on and you can we can just talk about things judy and i almost had a conversation that uh, we were like no wait talk about no we didn't we We didn't because i wrote it down because i think it's perfect for on air and i think it's perfect to actually go through the process on air As opposed to us having it on the couch that we we're just about to have. Yeah. And be like, no, 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 no. Write it down. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Because yeah. I won't remember. Okay. So I'll write it down. So for the listeners, we're hoping to have more of that where things that are personal between Judy and I can be aired like laundry right. and just share it with the audience and give more voice to significant ones who are still struggling with their experiences. And the only way we can think to do this is to have a real SO like Judy on air, maybe more often. Once in the blue moon. Once in the blue moon. Judy blue sky. That's right. Something that we can tailor and just have these little asides and little chats so that everybody feels like they're representing. Yeah. And people can leave feedback and let us know if there's something that they want us to talk about. Be happy to attempt it. All right. So I'm going to channel Julie mm-hmm. and say we're going to wrap up this conversation in a bow. Okay. And thank you so much for being on. And with that, I think I'll take the I'll take the Julia role here okay. and say, with that, we love you. We love our listeners. And thank you for joining us this week. So bye for now. Until next time. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at Julie MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor copyright 2023. Yes, nailed it.
If you enjoy our content and want to make it easier for others to find us, please share with your friends. Tap the subscribe or follow button to the show wherever you're listening. Give it a five-star rating or leave a review. And for show ideas or comments, contact us through the podcast on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix Podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix Podcast underscore.